episode 15. 15. Of Conversations with Goddesses. Goddesses. I'm just going to repeat everything you say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. Like, a lot of shit has gone down. A lot of stuff. And just between us, between you and me, guys, we have actually tried to record, like, about three times between our last episode and this one, and either the recording didn't record, or... We had, um... We had a T-mini martinis. (laughs) Yeah, we had, like, a substance issue. Yeah. But we're here now, so we're gonna... And we've had practice about what we want to talk about. That's right. So, they were rehearsals basically so the first thing okay so we've talked about like guys kind of like fading out or like you know like cutting you out of their lives or whatever but kind of like um, the fizzle the fizzle but I feel like that's and I think we even touched on that happening with girlfriends a little yes, bit in one of the other being, yes being ghosted by a girlfriend exactly yes. but um okay so this is a little bit of a different situation because it wasn't a full ghost it wasn't a full ghost and it still wasn't like I actually texted her once since then which like um I'll tell you in a second um so there is a girl we'll call her AV Okay. Okay. AV. Um, so AV was first friends with M. We were friends in junior high school when I first moved here from another city and we were best, 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 best friends. And then N didn't go to our junior high school. But when we went to high school, that's where all the junior highs, you know, merged together that are local. And I introduced N and AV and they clicked right away. And for whatever reason, well, I know the reason part of it, AV and I kind of got less close in high school. I had already seen things. She just was kind of a negative person. And I felt like she was very judgmental of a lot of my new crowd of people who included N, but we had some other girlfriends who were silly and fun, but AV was just very moody and kind of, you know, that type that just is like, Ugh, they're so, you know, she just liked to sit in the corner and kind of judge everybody. So I had already started to pull back from her, but N and AV got closer. Yes. So she and I got closer and then um, through high school, maintained a friendship and then beyond maintained a friendship, I moved to LA for a while. She would come out to visit me at least once a year. I um, got pregnant with my son. She was somebody that was there for me. She was his godmother. She was his godmother. She was one of the maid of honors at my wedding. I had like three, I think actually, but um, she was one of them. So we were very close. We were always, she was always somebody that I could count on, somebody that I put on that best friends list. And at the beginning of quarantine this year, well, let me back up a little bit. So she also, oh gosh, let me go back to college too. Like we worked at the same store at the mall. Mm-hmm. And then um, she actually got even further in the store. And like, she ended up like working there for several years. Um, she needed help with some stuff on her taxes. And my dad's a CPA and helped her. Like we were intertwined on a lot of different levels. And she was like, the first time I took my son to LA to meet his dad when he was six weeks old, she was the one that came with me and was there for me and um, we were always kind of there for each other. So a couple of years ago we live, initially we live probably 10 plus miles from each other which in you know adult distance is a lot because everybody's always busy all the time but she moved about two years ago she moved literally less than a mile from me like I, walking distance walking distance and every time I exit my neighborhood like 
like I pass her house on the exit onto the main street out of my neighborhood. Like she's so close. So she first moved over there and I was like, oh my gosh, yay. And we like did go to like lunch once or twice, but still it was like, oh gosh, we should really be hanging out more for how close it is. And let me just also mention, I'm a single mom and she's not, she's a single woman. She has, does not have a husband, does not have a boyfriend, does not have a child. She has a dog and she has a steady job that she's had for decades. And her family is in a nearby city that is stable and supportive. So I'm just kind of putting that out there. So we would every once in a while kind of meet up, but not all the time as much as you would think for us living so close. I feel like if Em and I lived that close, we would like- I would be sleeping at her house every freaking day. Freaking <laughs> like Cisha every five seconds. Yes. I mean, it's like literally one minute away. So anyway, at the beginning of quarantine in early March, I had an experience and um that turned bad yeah it went bad and and so the next day I was panicked and upset and um I reached out to AV for support and she was very supportive she was there for me um when I was upset and she was trying to like talk to me about like you are loved trying to get me in a positive space and all of that but my tendency when something negative happens is I blame myself, which I think a lot of people do. And so I kind of was doing that in front of her. And I kind of felt like at the time she was like, you know, she was like almost agreeing with me. Like when I was like, oh, it was my fault. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she kind of did a like a little like head nod, like, yeah. Which is not what you needed to hear. Gear. When she, when N first told me the story, I was like lividly mad. Not one part of my core in any way, shape, or form thought it was your fault. Aww. Because it's not when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. That mentality mm-hmm. is so messed up, is so antiquated and fucked up. And your girlfriends especially are the ones that are like, I mean, I told you I wanted to go find the place where they were at and get security camera because I was like, we're going to fucking take him down. Yeah. That's the normal reaction of a girlfriend. Oh, and as soon as she said that, like I ran with that. I was like, you're right. It- like it is me I'm horrible and I'm awful and all of this stuff but on paper she was filling all the blanks at the time like yes come over yes I will listen to you yes uh, I'm here for you I will give you this book about self-help I will like she gave you a book all this stuff but there was still that little seed she planted with the like yeah it kind of might be your fault too and that damage can't be undone oh god man isn't that the truth that little thing that that's seed, all you need how much that fucking set me back and that's av knows you and yeah. knows what kind of a place you were trying to pull yourself oh, out of in that yeah. moment and to just even add any kind of fuel to that fire is fucked up and she's known she's been there for some of the fucked up stuff up. with my family you don't do that so she knew she was dealing with a fragile situation uh, and she made it worse she acted like she was trying to help and trying to be there for me and everything and and she was physically and i felt like she was for those couple of days and and then like a month later, I reach out to her and she asks how I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm, you know, trying to make it to the other side of this thing. And um, she's texting supportive things. And then another month passes and 
I kind of start to get to where I'm like, okay, well, hey, do you want to like meet for a walk or a social? She had kind of distanced her, started distancing herself. Yeah, she was not texting me first anymore. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, do you want to like do a socially distanced happy hour or a walk or something? And she would have an excuse and be like, no, I'm busy. Or like, oh, I have the sniffles or like just congestion, random excuses for a long time. And after when it started to creep up on a year of her making excuses when we live one mile from each other. Um, it's obvious. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, this person is avoiding me <laughs> and that fucking sucks and stings and hurts. So I wanted to ask her, did I ask her first or did I just send that big email first that asked her? I think you just, no, you <laughs> asked her because uh, I don't remember because she started laying out all the like what she's dealing with with COVID and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think you just kind of like laid down the gauntlet and you were like, yes. what's up? So after a long time of her like avoiding me in um, April 30th, so this stuff happened in March, April 30th, I'm like, I say, just checking in and see how you're doing. She gives me a thumbs up. I am well. How are you? And I say, we're good. And then nothing else. And then in May, I'm like, hey, call me whenever if you're around. Nothing. And then two weeks later, I say, hey, just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. And then she says, hey, how it's going? How's it going? Happy Mother's Day. And I say, thank you. And then um, a month later, oh, it's my birthday. She says, happy birthday. And I say, thanks. A month and a half later, I was like, hey, how's it going? How's work? How's everything? And she replies, it's going. Work is busy. How are you? And I reply. And then um, I said, hey, just wanted to check in two months later. September comes and I said, do you want to do a walk or patio glass of wine sometime this weekend? And she says, let me see how I feel. I've had a bit of congestion the last week or two. And then she doesn't reply anything else. And then five days later, I say, hey, how are the sniffles? Because now I'm starting to think like you're avoiding me. Like I'm being it's a little bit obvious. shitty, a little passive aggressive. I'm like, how are the sniffles? She goes, better thing. And I said, good. When can we do a walk or face? time this week she doesn't reply a week later I say how are you doing and she says I am well how are you this, is, this sounds like a, a like a situation where you're chasing a guy that will yes to you. and this is a girl that I've been supposed best friends with since childhood uh, since yeah childhood 15 and um she just says the same thing hi I am well how are you sorry I didn't get back to you sooner I've been busy oh you've been busy for a year damn right, right. damn and then I said I'm great I've been busy too. Okay, so then this is where I go into the long thing. So I'm going to read it again. I know we've done this like three times. And it's never okay, I said, I'm great. I've been very busy too. I know it can be very hard to convey tone and text. So please just read this as kind of a statement of observation and nothing at all confrontational or upset or aggressive in any way. But it's something that keeps ending up in my thoughts. So I just wanted to put it out there. I just like to call a spade a spade and prefer being straightforward rather than elusive. I just feel like you've been fading out slash avoiding me because I think that maybe you don't want to sort of deal with me. Like maybe after going through that thing in March made you think that I'm just too hard to deal with. And I know that we haven't really been in touch very much over the past two decades, but I had really gotten my shit together before that happened. Since then, I've done a lot of therapy with this amazing therapist who has been the biggest game changer 
for me. She has made a lot of connections and saw a lot of things that I hadn't even seen, things that I did not realize I was dealing with and have not processed. And my brain and body and mind had been handling it in a certain way that I continued to blame only myself for so long and just thought of myself as a hopeless fuck up. After some trauma therapy, EMDR, I was able to process some things and it made me really look at all the shit I have done slash been through slash dealt with in a completely different way. I feel like I have my brain back in a way I haven't for a long, long time. It literally did some rewiring that has changed my life. I guess after completing a chunk of that therapy and realizing that that night in March was actually traumatic and I just always go to taking blame on myself, but my body reacted in a much different way that I couldn't control no matter how much I was forcing my brain to think in a different direction. And when that happened, you were definitely there for me. And I really appreciate that so much. I really needed somebody and you were there for me. But after seeing things in a different way, I couldn't help but wonder if maybe alongside of being supportive to me, you maybe also thought, and I could be totally wrong. This is just a vibe I'm getting. Maybe thought of it as being supportive of your friend who fucked up again and needed support rather than your friend who needed your support. I can understand that because I totally get that I can paint myself in the narrative of putting myself in a bad situation. Again, I hope I'm not coming off at all as aggressive or confrontational. I was hoping to have this conversation in person and I've been trying to pin you down for a few months. But like I said, I just kept wanting to share these thoughts. So although texting is not ideal, I guess I just did. I'd still love to connect with you whenever you're ready. Love you. Okay, will you read her? Yes. And does she answer you? Uh, Okay, so that night she does answer. She says, hi. Okay, yes, we need to talk in person. So I guess the first response is, I was supporting a lifelong friend who was freaking out, but also had no intention of reporting it to authorities. So I was trying my best to support you in a manner that was in my ability to help. I have had my own trauma and have been in trauma therapy for more than two years. So I was trying not to act like a therapist, but give you a helpful ear, but retain my own personal boundaries of not being able to be a fixer or savior to anyone else. So I did the best I could. I didn't think of it as a person who effed up again. Also, after that, the world shut down in a pandemic. I was shelter under place, 100% alone with just my dog. And then I had to restart my own therapy to overcome my own anxiety and depression that comes from being isolated. Meanwhile, I work in healthcare and had a million of COVID high priority projects to deal with. And although you have offered to me, and as much as I appreciate that, since we are not actively everyday friends, I have kept my my social distance bubble on lockdown to my inner circle. You will always be a dear friend, but we haven't been inner circle friends for a couple of years. So I'm sorry if your feelings are hurt, but that was not my intention. And I also literally burned my throat three weeks ago and was in severe pain and unable to speak. Yes, I hope to continue to remain in contact, but this is a weird time. She burned her throat. That's hilarious. Okay. Then I reply, I agree. I think talking in person is a good idea and I'd love to connect whenever you're ready. By the way, as an aside, do you guys think that I've connected with her since then? No. Okay. Anyway, the text connect whenever you're ready. You did not hurt my feelings. I was just making an observation and I like being straightforward rather than leaving things unsaid. I tried to convey in my text that you were very supportive and you were there when I needed someone and how much I appreciated it. And I don't know what you could have done differently. So I'm sorry if you read whatever I said as that I wish you handled it differently. I didn't say or mean that at all. And I was not trying to take anything away from the difficult time that you 
you were and are and have been going through. I know this has all been really challenging for you. And I'm so sorry about that and would love to have been there and be a support for you. I was just talking about after that specific event over the past few months, it seemed like you were fading and elusive. And at some point, it started to seem like that specific event was why. So I was just sharing that thought because I would rather share my thoughts and let them stir inside. And after sending that text, I was totally open to hearing your thoughts and if I could have been wrong in reading the situation wrong. As far as the social distancing thing, I don't know that that's the reason we haven't met because I've always offered FaceTime or a phone call as an option. And I'm really sorry about your throat. That sounds awful. But you didn't say that when I reached out to you. You just said you had some congestion. So I wouldn't have known that's why you didn't respond. I'll leave the ball in your court as far as getting in touch. I'm ready to talk when you are. Red heart emoji. The next morning she replies, good morning. I think the point that I'm trying to make is that my lack of response to you and your invitations wasn't because of your situation in March. And honestly, until last night, I sort of forgot all about it. Rude. For the last decade, we haven't been consistently close. When we see each other, it is great, but there hasn't been an organic evolution that keeps us in regular contact, unlike say you and M, who have reconnected and grown close again. I've been living my life for the last decade doing my thing. Even that night never happened and you and I still met up and went for a big walk and talk as our normal annual or biannual meetup that we've had about the last decade. I don't think you'd be reaching out to me in this manner, suggesting that I am fading away or being elusive. She's very manipulative. Yeah, that is exactly. I have been consumed with my own life, keeping my job, managing my new pandemic normal, and retaining my physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional health. I also don't feel compelled anymore to tell everyone my business and offer reasons or need to explain myself, i.e., yes, I had congestion, and yes, I also burned my throat, and yes, about five other things too. So instead of replying with a simple, no, thank you, now isn't a good time, I thought I was being courteous by giving you a reason, which is more than I offer most people at this stage in my life. You're very Even in the text last night, I cited several things going on in my life that are only about me and have nothing to do with you. But it seems like you turned this back to being about you. For example, yes, you offered Zoom and phone calls, and I am on those all day, every day for eight plus hours. I have phone and Zoom fatigue. So the last thing I want to do is one more. That is cringy. <gasps> I know. I'm like I'm dying, like trying to like cringy. hold back because there's something. Okay. So you. in summary, you have accomplished your objective. You have brought your thoughts and observations up to me, got your feelings off your chest so they wouldn't stir inside. And my response is that they are unfounded. Everything is fine on my end. But I will say, if we go back and forth on this topic much longer, then I will grow weary and probably block you. Honest but true. Smiley face written out with a colon and parenthesis. Have a good day and heart emoji. As Whitney Houston once saying, I will always love you. Winky face. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. But I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and uh, reply to that. Okay. I said, yep. I think going back and forth is pointless and I have no intention of doing so. Thanks for trying to clarify your perspective. I just think on some of these points, we were talking about two completely different things. So I wasn't trying to go back and forth. I was just trying to communicate on the same page best that I could over text. And I just kept reaching out to you because I just thought after we did reconnect for whatever reason, and then 
then we were all going to be stuck at home and you and I live less than a mile from each other, I thought it would have been nice to grow closer to you like M and I did. I totally get that you have a lot of stuff going on. And I really- Five other things besides the throat and the- I totally get that you have a lot of stuff going on and I really hope everything gets better for you. I really do. You deserve happiness and all the best in life. Heart. I was very excited when we ran into each other on a walk and I got to see you and chat with you by accident. Maybe that will happen again, smiley face. You've been a big part of my life in a lot of ways during a lot of different times and I will always love you too. Heart. She did not fucking reply to that. Mm -mm. (gasps) I, oh my God. I didn't even realize that. So it was October 6th. She wrote that long thing and then I replied nine minutes later with that long thing. She did not fucking even respond to it. <gasps> I did not even realize that. And then November 17th. She sent her piece. November 17th, like a month and a half later, I said, I'm like still reeling. I sent that long thing. She didn't say anything back. So you double texted her. <gasps> Before we started reading, you like just reading you reaching out to her and reaching out to her with no response. She's like a fuck boy <gasps> that just doesn't respond. When she says all that stuff in the text that you read, how she keeps turning it on herself like she's so like when I was reading it I was like wow I'm you know like not even being that narcissistic even though she is so that was October 6th I know it's ironic because she calls out in there that you make everything about you but all I heard was everything about her everything about her every time and actually this specific incident was about me right and it was a big deal because it was about something that happened to me like if she had gotten in a car accident for instance and gotten injured and I'd helped her and then if later I was like you make everything about you. Right. She'd be like, well, I kind of was actually the one that was in a car. Right. Um, I'm in traction, but please tell me about your life. (laughs) Right. The pins over here in my back, they're good, but. Oh my God. Okay. So guys, I struggle like we all do with self-esteem issues. I just like, I go through periods of really struggling with it. We all do. We all do. AV seemed to like want to have nothing to do with me and I don't know why. So I started going down this downward spiral. So six weeks after that text, which she didn't reply to. So then November 17th, I, I started literally Googling. Like I wondered, like maybe I'm delusional. Like, is there a certain thing? Like, I'm like, why does it seem like people keep wanting to get out of my life? You know, it just seems like it keeps happening. And it was like really starting. It's only the narcissists. But that's, I guess, the guys that I've dated, the guys that I've been engaged to, and then AV. And when you read through what they say and what comes out of their mouth, they are the people that have personality disorders. Okay, I hear you. But I guess that's been like when that's all you've experienced since like it starts, you can't help but think, what am I doing wrong? It's not what you're doing wrong. It's who you're attracting into your life. Okay, that makes sense. But I still was like, maybe I'm, because there are those certain people that super annoy me that I'm like, there's nothing wrong with them. They're doing everything fine, but like, they're annoying to me. I don't want to be around them. And I'm like, maybe I'm one of those people. Maybe I'm, so anyway, I was like Googling this, trying to figure it out. So then I just thought, okay, well, I'll just text the two women, girls that have been my friends that seem to just like fall off the face of the fucking earth for no reason. A, B being 
one of them and try to ask them like, what was it? Like, I just want the information. So that was my intent. I didn't end up following through with the full question. But November 17th, 8.23am, I did text AB. Hey, can I ask you something? Prayer hands. And then an hour later, she says, hey, sure, I'm working and have back to back conference calls. But yes, of course. And then I didn't reply to her because after that, I texted the other woman that had kind of like Mm -hmm. had like faded out for no reason and had a pretty reasonable exchange with her. And then I got distracted and I was like trying to redirect my thoughts. But AV then replied that evening. Oh, here, why don't you read? I said, hey, can I ask you something? Hey, sure. I'm working and have back-to-back conference calls, but yes, of course. Ten hours later. Hey, I'm off my calls for the night. Oh, hey, how was your day? Super busy. I've been on conference calls since 7 a.m., question mark. How was your day? Ugh, that sounds awful. And let me just interject. Like, people talking about how busy their days were and how they're on Zoom calls all day. Can you not assume that everybody is fucking on Zoom calls all day and super busy all day? I'm on Zoom calls all day. I'm super busy all day. I have multiple jobs. And I am a single parent of a child who's playing to college right now. So I'm, like, going over college essays all day. So the fact that somebody tries to like act like they're like so fatigued from their Zoom calls, it's not like you're, there's not emergencies or like, there's not, yes, there's not either emergencies or like I can say like with writing, I can fucking be doing that all the time. So if I, if I'm sleeping, I could be like, I should be writing instead of sleeping, whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Okay. So she says, how was your day? And you said, oh, that sounds awful. She says, LOL. It is my normal life, exclamation point. And then I say, Mm -hmm. ha ha. Zoom calls are at an all-time high. Did you have something you wanted to ask? And then I said, I think I figured it out, but thanks. So I I was going to ask her, what was it? Right. Like, what was it that... She had just pretty much forgotten about that little thing. Right. What was it that made you not want to be friends with me anymore? Because, like, if you're claiming, oh, you and M, like, happened to reconnect, I'm like, yeah, because we reconnected and we were like, yeah, we want to hang out together. Like, there's... It wasn't any magic involved. Like, I was trying to connect with you. And if you had connected too, we would be the same as... It's like that, what they say to girls. And it's what you were asking when they're like, he's just not that into you. Mm -hmm. Why is she just not that into you anymore? Right. And so why were you that into me before? And what changed? Like, that was basically my initial question. And then I'm telling you though, the reason I, and I was a child looking back, I was 15 years old. I knew that she was unhappy on the inside and judgmental. And I just remember like everybody would be having fun and being silly. And she would just have to sit in the corner and be like, I'm above this. I'm so mature and like serious and dark and moody. And like, that's always there. Like she just, Uh, And then you guys like take this to the other level. So she's always been the one that can't handle anything, which is like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I kind of am right now. But, and when she has gone through this stuff, I have been there for her so many times. Like I, you know, brought my dad into it. Who's a CPA. And even after that, she was like, I don't know what I would have done without your dad. Like she did not see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm like so happy. I could help somebody like find a light at the end of the tunnel. But the fact that then after that, 
that she's like so overwhelmed with her fucking. But she can't be bothered. Can't like help somebody else. But you know what? Again, I hate to be an asshole because some people can't handle shit. So maybe I, yeah, maybe I take that back. Like, it's because we've been responsible for other human beings our whole lives. I wonder if that's what it is. That's part of it. That's, I was talking to D about that the other day. I was like, because he was like, I don't know how you do it. Because my job, I don't get paid for what I do. And I work 80 hours a week. And there's always that hope that these things, because I'm basically in sales. There's the hope that all the time and energy in my job, it's like chaos where I'm dealing with stuff that you can't even make up. But you do it because you're like expecting it to close and it'll be worth it. But he's like, I don't know how you do it, how you put up with this. He's like, I would just tell those people to like, because some of them are mean and rude. He's like, I would just tell them to go fuck themselves. And I'm like, but I can't, it's not just me. I was like, I always think about my friends who will like lose a job or get sick of a job and be like, oh, it's just me. Like, I, I, you know, if I, if I lose my, if I can't pay my rent, I lose my house. I can just go crash on somebody's couch for a while or whatever. I'll make ends meet. But I'm like, when you're a single mom, which I have been since I was fucking 19 years old, it's not just you anymore. And it's not just a roof over your head. It's insurance and food and school and all the things that come with that. So I think when you're responsible for another human life, the kids make that option. You, your only option is getting back up every time you're not down because there's people depending on you. Yeah. And someone who's just like AV sitting in her house and is like, this is my new normal. And I just can't handle all these zoom calls. It's just too much for me to take. They don't know what sacrifice is like really uh-huh. nobody. I don't think anybody who's not a mother, especially right. a single mom. And I know that moms who have husbands and have double income still work and, you know, do a lot, but it's different when it's just you. Yes. When you're the and- mom and the dad. Yes. But you know what? I never felt like that was a negative. No, ever. I'm just like, saying it's, I a, just, it's a drive but, that we have to keep yeah, going. But it just like makes me really, and I'm sure I know you're the same way, but it like makes you so happy to give these kids what you want to give them. I'm happy to sacrifice everything. I'm happy to work extra jobs. I'm happy to work night, I, like whatever I have to do. But the fact is like, then your friend like AV, who is then acting like she's like, you know, a hand on her forehead falling on her fainting couch is like oh my god and wham 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 and I'm falling on my fainting couch I'm sorry it's just hard when that otherwise you're like yeah you know what I don't have a 401k I don't have parents that are like underneath me supporting me I don't have a cubicle job that has like all the fucking or a lot benefits. of my friends have husbands and boyfriends so even though they're all struggling together they like their rent they're not responsible for all of it themselves mm. their kids they don't have to pay for their insurance out of their pocket because their husbands got it through his company they don't have, you know, these things people don't think about that's oh. just like, and it's, I'm not, like I said, I know a lot of my friends are struggling, yeah. they're not struggling in the same way. And you and I don't she, have salary jobs. We don't have We sal- don't know where our next paycheck's coming from, but she does. Yeah. She actually has a pretty good little comfort bubble. But okay, we're almost done with this one because. Okay, cool. So when I reached out to her and I was going to say all that and then I decided not to and I said, I think I figured it out, but thanks. She thumbs up the text. And then on Thanksgiving, she sends me a Thanksgiving message and then I reply to it. But I'm like, you know, you don't need to add me to your list that you're checking off of people that you need to say happy holiday to. Anyway, okay, so we can wrap up the AB thing that we just talked about. Like, how do we want to wrap that up? So the point of it being like, if you have a friend, I mean, there's a couple of points that I take away. I mean, for sure, it's just based on your history and it's kind of what we talked about in a past episode you know we spend so much time on here talking about how guys can be pretty callous and only you know not see past the tip of their own noses and do what works for them in that moment 
This is how two people can misconstrue, and this happens in dating. You can so easily misconstrue on either side what's going on. So, like on your head, in your head, it's like we've been friends forever. Like even when she moved closer, and that was only a couple years ago. But before that, you're like we traveled. She was at my wedding. She makes it like for the last decade. Y'all are like we're not. You're not in my <gasps> inner circle. That's true. Her perspective and your perspective were so way off. So when she's like telling all this, she's like, I don't even really know why you're bothering me she right now. Want, we're not friends like that. That is so, that's And you're over there panicking, like, this is one of my closest friends and I'm feeling this pull away. And she's like, I really don't know what you're talking about. We're not inner close, <gasps> we're not inner circle friends. Oh, that's so true. So it's that, and you know, it's just like when you're dating a guy who like, he's probably dating a bunch of women oh. and does it feel for you, you've attached mm-hmm. yourself to him and they're just like, it's easy for them to be like, but it is a narcissistic thing where she said, it's all about you. And then she went on for three paragraphs talking about herself and her traumas <gasps> and her throat and her congestion and her living alone. That's true. So there's that. That's it's not gender specific. That is very true. And it's a good lesson in how different each person's perspective of a relationship really is. And it had to be laid out like that. Wow. And then also, I wonder if that speaks to me as far as like, like M is like family to me and it, and my best friend and has been and always will be. But aside from you, like maybe I, I don't know, maybe I, you know, seek out people that are gonna like, because of like my childhood or whatever you know like if you look at the guys that I've been with I think they're all narcissistic though yeah you tend to gravitate towards that I do I guess I do so maybe it's kind of the same with friends but I don't feel like that with you well because I'm not narcissistic (laughs) um but but just like through all of this recording that we've done and Mm -hmm. listening to the stories and the personalities of the people they are very like it's all about me and even in your relationship with a woman here who you've been friends with forever and you were like over here sweating bullets trying to figure out how this really close friendship is starting to fade out and her response is it's been faded out for a decade which is crazy this whole time Uh you're racking your brain and she's like or you're not in my inner circle I was like what yeah kind of mind blown emoji she was basically saying you're not one of the people that she would be willing to hang out with in a pandemic because Mm -hmm. you're not at that level to her yeah and you're like what so it's just crazy but that happens all the time and it's because you actually had the balls to text her like a pretty like I'm laying this out here what the fuck's going on yeah you wouldn't have done that there's no telling how long that would have gone on or you guys just never would have spoken again yeah but at least you have clarity yeah yeah that's and you got to see a side of her personality that was very like the blocking thing that was wow you don't threaten to block your girlfriend yeah that honestly guys when she said that that put her on a different level that's an answer though that's an answer for you (gasps) oh that's sucks man it does suck but it says a lot about her and not a lot about you okay so. well let's end that situation here go pee okay i have the world's smallest flat conversations with goddesses so uh we wanted to, i'll let you start talking about the topic machine okay so as you know we talk a lot on here about um dating adventures and dating mishaps the good the bad the ugly um, and N and I have this tradition, um, because of my job, I have a subscription to a background checker app website and you know, it's a, it's a scary world out there. So especially with the dating apps. So a lot of times I will plug in what I can get from her, especially if it's a phone number, because phone number on this app, you can usually get all their info. Once she's kind of moved off the app and she's got a phone number, 
she has me just plug it in just to make sure they don't have anything scary, like, you know, as far as criminal history, which I think is smart to do. Um, so we've done this for months now and it's always been fine. We haven't really stumbled across anything too remarkable. However, this last time she texted me a phone number and she was really excited about this guy. She's like, Oh, you know, kind of like kidding around like my new boyfriend. Like we all, all of us girls do, you know, you talk to somebody for five minutes. You're like, it's my cute new boyfriend. So I knew what his name was and I had his phone number. So I'm sitting at my parents' house and my sister's there with her kids. And I just plug it into my app like I normally do, expecting nothing major. Well, when I type it in, the picture and the full name comes up. And I had a visceral reaction when I saw who I saw. I immediately texted N and I was like, no. And then I jumped up and think I physically screamed no and ran out of the door. And my mom and my sister were looking at me like, what the heck just happened? Because I was like, I have to call her immediately. person that popped up on my screen is one of my other best friends, recent ex-boyfriends who cheated on her the entire time they were together, hit on all of me, all of our girlfriends right in front of her. I actually caught him. We were all at a concert. Literally, my friend went to the bathroom and I found him in the middle of the concert making out with a girl while his girlfriend's in the bathroom. Um, I think I actually slapped him with my purse and was like, are you fucking stupid? And then they break up and now he's married or engaged. I don't think they actually physically got married, but he's with this other girl. They have a baby or two and he's been cheating on her. And I think they've since broken up. And one of his really good guy friends, he broke up that marriage, texting the wife, asking if they could have sex. So he's just a garbage human. So I had to let and know all of this, which sucked because this was one of the first ones she was kind of excited about. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of those people my girlfriend would always tell us. He says all the right things in the beginning because he's a classic narcissist. That's what they do. They have their game down. So you know that it doesn't feel good to be the bearer of bad news, but I know so many, too many bad things about him that I'm like, I know people can change, but there was too much recent activity like this, breaking up marriages, cheating on his baby mama, hitting on hit. I was like, do you want to be with somebody who is going to hit on your friends right in front of you? Because he did that to our our friend who I won't say her name, but anyway, so then N had to kind of process how to handle all that information. I'm sure it was a lot. Neither of us were expecting that to pop up on my phone. <laughs> no, it was insane. Um, I immediately texted my girlfriend that he went out with and she's like, yeah. cause she knows N and she's like, no, she's like, he's going to say this and say this and say this in the beginning. I'm like, I think he already kind of has. Um, and she was like, she needs to run away from him. And anyway, Yeah. So what, what sucks about it is like in the dating world, it's so hard because it's so rare that you even find somebody that you're like a little bit intrigued by. And then you do, and you're like, Oh, this is somebody that's fun to talk to. And then you're like, Oh, somebody that's kind of attractive. I would like to meet up with like that so rarely happens. So it's like, okay, I have this information. The person that he was with was not my friend. It was a friend of my friend. So is it like, is it worth it? It's not like I'm, you know, like, like filtering you out for a relationship. It just becomes very complicated. But it's also like, you know, in the back of your head, you're opening up a can of worms where you are going to most likely be hurt. His roommates from college who still talk to him on a daily basis, talk about how he cheats on everybody and how he's a giant idiot. But I I even made a joke to M though, like in the past year that I have been dating, I haven't dated anybody long enough for them even to cheat on me. So that almost seems like it doesn't even seem like a thing. But then it would be so 
hard because if you got, say like you got close to him, I wouldn't be able to be around him because I think he's disgusting. But it would never even get that far. It's like hard because you still have your ex that you still have access to. Like for me, like the last time I had like even physical contact with a guy is months ago. But I still think if you came to me, if like, say I didn't have D Mm -hmm. and I was just in the dating scene Mm -hmm. and I came across somebody that you knew so too many bad things that you were still hearing, you would adamantly be like, you can't. Right. Because it's a protective thing on my end. It's a, yes. So I totally get that. But okay, so I'm not gonna, so I guess the question that we would want to ask our listeners is like, I guess what degree, obviously, like if it was M's ex-boyfriend and I matched with him and she was like, hey, I dated that guy. Of course, that would be like a no. But then if she's like, hey, a friend of mine dated that guy. And I didn't just see his picture and say he was an asshole. I screamed no and ran out of my parents' house. Yeah. I just, like I said, in my other girl group thread, he comes up on such a regular basis (laughs) because he's such a piece of shit. And this is his guy friend saying Mm -hmm. that, you know, who still talk to him every day and knowing he's breaking up marriages. And, and, you know, I just, to the point hitting on all of us in front of her where we were all so uncomfortable, we stopped wanting him to come around. It's just like, Am I going to have to watch you go through that? Of too? course. Well, uh, but I think here we go again. We were talking about this. You are gravitating towards people who have that. And we got to figure out why, because you can say that, of course, it, with him, it wouldn't probably get that far because we already know going into it, what kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. He's narcissistic and he's going to yeah. cheat on you. Yeah. If we were talking about a different person, we wouldn't be having that conversation. Yeah. Do you understand how, what I'm saying? Yes. But it's, it's like, Ida, you're an emotional cutter. I'm an emotional cutter, but I'm not right now. But you're I'm a masochist. Was. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, she said, this is somebody that will definitely like never really love me and just be like, I think people like that have the capacity to love other people but for whatever reason he leaves a trail of destruction and does not give a fuck if it hurts your feelings if he's hitting on your friends right in front of you yeah so you basically said all of the stuff that I would never want in somebody and then I was like it would make most people run and it made you run to him yes Yes, I did that. So what I'm saying is if we were to take the pool of people of all these episodes where you're like, it's me, it's me. It's not you. It's what you're picking. Mm -hmm. You're picking the people that are going to do that to anybody. He would do that to anybody. So so I feel like, I feel like in some of those situations, I'm like, they're like, yes, I found the person that's going to like, yeah, let me be a fucking asshole. (laughs) Yeah. So there's.